Today's message is a conversation with Peter. One day the Lord posed this searching question to us. We 12 disciples had been ministering to the people in the region of Caesarea. And we had returned at the end of a busy day to share our experiences with our master and with each other. It seemed odd that Jesus sensed immediately that his identity was the foremost question everyone was asking about him. And one by one, my fellow disciples began responding. They told Jesus things like many people thought he was really John the Baptist or, or possibly Elijah. Others were convinced that he was Jeremiah or one of the other prophets who had returned from the dead. Then there was this moment of silence as our Lord looked into each of our faces directly at us before he spoke again. But what about you? Who do you say I am. Well, I felt the gaze of the others as they focused on me, as, as they awaited my reply. Without hesitation, I spoke firmly. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God, I said. Jesus seemed especially pleased with my answer. He stated that that was the very truth upon which he would build his church and he would expand his earthly kingdom throughout the world. And now as as I reflect on those three wonderful years spent with my Lord, it seems almost impossible to recall all of the lessons and the miracles that he shared with me and the others. And, but there is, however, one unforgettable event that I will always cherish, that will always be close to my heart. One evening, our Lord had just told the 12 of us to get into a boat and sail for the other side of the lake. We were scarcely on our way before a violent storm came out of nowhere. The wind and the water were just wildly turbulent. As the night grew blacker and the storm increased, we just con continually became fearful. Adding to our fright was a figure. This shadowy figure was walking on the water towards us. It's a ghost, we cried out. We didn't know. We were in horror. And then we heard the calm voice of our master as it rose above the howling wind. He said, take courage, friends. It is I. Don't be afraid. I, I was so excited and relieved at, at seeing our Lord that I shouted out, Master, tell me if it's really you to come to you on the water. Come, he beckoned. And, and immediately I climbed out of the boat and nervously I began walking slowly toward him on the water. What a thrilling experience. I, I can't even explain it, but I'm walking towards Jesus and this strong wind whipped up and I, I saw the wind and this huge wave splashed over me and, and I, I panicked. I started to sink. Lord, save me, I cried out. And I was going under and I felt the strong grasp of the Lord's hand on mine and he helped me out of the water and back into the boat and he smiled at me compassionately. He said, Peter, your faith is too small. You must learn to trust me more completely. And as he stepped into our boat, he spoke these words. He said, peace, be still. And instantly the wind ceased and the water became calm. 
Oh, we disciples, we were so awed that we, we dropped to our knees right there in the boat in worship, reaffirming our faith in his deity by exclaiming in hushed tones, truly, you are the son of God. Another experience I remember with Jesus, but albeit with great regret, I must add, it was no doubt probably the most shameful, darkest day of my entire life. It was after we had come into Jerusalem with Jesus. Everyone was, was crowded onto the streets to see Jesus coming in, riding on a donkey. They shouted, Hosanna, Hosanna. They laid down palm branches. They laid down their cloaks for the donkey to walk on. And then later that week, after sharing the Passover supper with the Lord, he did something really different at this meal. First off, he said that he had earnestly desired to eat this Passover supper with us. We didn't quite understand that. It was just like any other Passover meal. We were remembering. Well, except the part where he laid down his outer garments and took up a towel and wrapped it around himself. And, and then he took a basin of water and he knelt down and he washed our feet. The same man who walked on water, the same man that we now knew was indeed the Son of God. He washed our feet. And, and that wasn't even the strangest part. He then took the unleavened bread from the meal. Then he broke it into pieces and he handed it to us. And he said to us, take this, eat it. This is a reminder for you of my body, which is for you. And, and then he took the wine glass and he said, take this and drink from it, all of you. This cup is the new covenant in my blood. And he said these words, he said, as often as you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. As often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. I have to be honest with you. I'm, I wasn't really sure what he was talking about in that moment, but, but looking back, it all makes sense to me now. And after that time, of the Lord's Supper, after we celebrated the Passover, we sang songs and we went out to the Mount of Olives and we, we walked out and it was there that the master quoted from scripture to us. He was foretelling that the shepherd would be smitten and his sheep would be scattered. And again, although we didn't fully understand the meaning of, of what he was sharing in the passage, I sensed that the Lord was trying to teach us something important. I, I blurted out quickly that, that even if every person in the world would fall away, that I, for one, certainly would not. I boastfully said these words. I said, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And the other disciples readily agreed with me. And Jesus told me that before the rooster crows, I would deny him three times. That confused me. I, just, I knew he was mistaken. I would never deny him. After this, we went to the Garden of Gethsemane where our Lord told us, he said, watch and wait here. While well, he went further on and he stopped to pray alone. I have to tell you, it was dark. It was lonely. And as the hours slowly passed, we fell asleep. Three times the master returned and found us sleeping. Three times he woke us up and asked us to keep watch. And then... As that time ended, Judas, who had left earlier during the Passover supper, 
he suddenly appeared in the garden in the darkness with this noisy crowd of people armed with swords and clubs and things like that. And then Judas came up to the master and he embraced him and he kissed him on his cheek. And this wild hysterical mob seized our Lord and forcibly they were trying to take him away from us. Uh, being a man of my word, I drew my sword out, prepared to die for my Lord. I swung it about wildly. I cut off a man's ear. And instantly I felt sick to my stomach. This is not what he had been teaching us. He even said to me in all of that moment, in that confusion, he said, Peter, put down your sword. Those who live by the sword die by the sword. And then he, he picked up the man's ear and he put it back where it belonged. He healed one of the very people that had come to arrest him, that had come to drag him off to the high priest where they would accuse Jesus of blasphemy, they said. I thought, no, not, not blasphemy. That would make him guilty of death. Almost paralyzed with fear, I watched from a distance as the rest of the scene began to unfold. The master was blindfolded. They spit on him. They hit him repeatedly. They taunted him. Those vicious people, as they took him away, they tormented him every step of the way. And I, I followed at a distance. I had never been so scared. As I followed, I was, I was devastated. I was confused. I was, I was hurt. I was angry. Nothing made sense. And for the first time since I had met him, I felt that, I felt empty. I was empty. I, I began to doubt. I began to wonder, were those past three years with Jesus just all in vain? Stricken and confused, I, I saw a nearby fire and some of the guards were warming themselves and I, I approached and to take off the chill. I made my way there and I joined them. I was trying to collect my thoughts and just then out of nowhere, a little servant girl came walking by and she pointed her finger at me and she sneered, you, you were with that Nazarene Jesus. I don't know what you're talking about. I muttered softly and retreated away just a little bit. Later, that same girl passed by me again. She pointed her finger at me mockingly and she, she told all the people standing around that I was one of the followers. I spoke out loudly this time so everyone could hear. I said, you're all completely wrong. And then some of the soldiers came by and taunted me. Surely you're one of them. You must be. Look at you. You're Galilean. This time I shouted. I used vile words that I hadn't used for three years. I said, I do not know this man of whom you speak. And like a bugle call, I heard the rooster crow. And I recalled with shame the words that my Lord had spoken earlier that evening when I was being so boastful. Before the rooster crows twice, Peter, you will disown me three times. With bitter tears, I stumbled back and crouched against the wall. Jesus wasn't mistaken. I was. I had actually denied him three times, just like he said I would. And then after that, every, everything was just a blur. The events, everything happened so quickly over the next few weeks. Uh, to my delight, after our Lord's cruel death, 
there was his glorious resurrection. I could talk about that for hours. And then came his wonderful final days where he met with different people. One day in particular, he met me on the beach. We had been out fishing the night before, not very successfully, I might add. And he called from the shore. Children, have you caught anything? No, we replied. He said, cast your net on the right side of the boat. We did. And we caught 153 fish. Now, I knew right then it was Jesus. And so I jumped out of the boat and I swam to the shore. And there he had a fire. And he had fish and bread cooking on the fire. And he called us in and he fed us. And he talked with us and he shared with us. And then he and I had a conversation. It was a tough conversation. Three different times in this conversation, he asked me this question. He asked me if I loved him. Each time I said yes. And each time that I said I loved him, he simply said to me, feed my sheep. The third time that he asked me if I loved him, I simply answered, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you as best I can. And he said again, Peter, feed my sheep. And then he shared with me how that when my time came to die, I would glorify God. And shortly after that, we witnessed this thrilling moment where he ascended into heaven. And shortly after that, the Holy Spirit came that he had promised for us. As for me, I felt a new devotion to my Lord and my Savior and a, a desire to proclaim his message to everyone. As we did it daily, we saw great crowds of people hear this message, repent of their sins, and believe in Jesus Christ. They were baptized in his name. They were added to the fellowship of believers daily. And now, as I approach the end of my life, I realize increasingly that if believers are to live steadfast spiritual lives, that each day must be a time of growth in the grace and knowledge of our Lord. T to our initial faith in Christ, we need to make every effort to add virtues. as self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness. Above all else, we need to love. And then, my dear brothers and sisters, let us learn to cast all of our concerns all of our anxieties upon the Lord, knowing with certainty that He truly cares for each of us. No matter what you're going through, you need to know that God truly cares for each of us. In order for Him to do this, we may have to let go like Peter had to let go of the sword. So that we can experience his peace. Because his peace passes all understanding. We need to begin to practice things like goodness. Only when we truly cast our cares on him can we begin to accept and live out his gifts of peace, hope, and joy. As well as goodness, self-control, perseverance godliness, brotherly kindness, and especially love.
during this season of uncertainty, let's not forget to love. My goal for today is that we would see ourselves in some of the moments of Peter's life, in his, in his great moments of faith, including his moments of doubts and fears. I think we can learn from Peter. It's in those moments of doubt and fear especially that when we allow God to stretch our faith, we will grow. Our foundation will be made sure. We can know that we're standing firm on the same statement that Peter made. That statement that Christ's church was built on. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. And knowing that we can endure any season of trial or hardship that may be upon us. Will you consider these things as we come to our response time this morning? Think about what you may have to let go of in order to pick up goodness, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and love. Commit to God today to, like Peter, do whatever it takes to live out your love for Jesus and feed his sheep. If you would like accountability with your response, you can leave a comment on our Facebook page or our Twitter feed this week. Let people know how you're going to show these things. Listen carefully to the words of our response song and respond to God's word accordingly. So I will have 